All right, how are you guys doing today? Good? You guys surviving? Man, should be a church in Mexico or Africa. You know? if, we, if we think this is hot, man, they don't even know what's AC over there. That, that, that's, that's where they really have church, okay? <laughs> um, <clears throat> before we start, I would like to ask who brought their Bibles tonight? Who's got, who's got their Bible? Woo! If you don't have your Bible... You could find a Christian sitting next to him. He's got a Bible. Um, uh, amen. Uh, got notebooks, some to, some to write down with. Got taking notes. Awesome. Um, before we start, let's, uh, let's pray and um, seek God and ask him to speak to us tonight. God, we thank you for your grace. God, we thank you that you are alive, that you're alive inside of us. Oh, God, we need you so much, Lord. Tonight, we need you. God, tonight, we need your presence, Lord. Tonight, we need you. We need to hear from you. God, directly from you, God, speak to us. Lord, if you don't speak, God, we're, gonna, we're not going to hear anything. And, Lord, tonight, we pray that you would just open up our minds, God. Open up our spirit. Open up our heart, God. Speak. Do the work that you want to do in us, God. We open up ourselves to you, God. We open up our heart. We open up, Lord, our, our minds. Lord, we ask that you would do your work. God, do the work that only you can do. Do a deep work in us tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna, I want to talk, the, the subject that I want to talk about tonight is overcoming sin. Overcoming sin. Uh, we had a camp overcoming inertia and uh, last year, and tonight I wanted to talk about overcoming sin. And um, if you got, uh, turn to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1, we're going to start there tonight. And um, I want to make just kind of an opening statement. Um, and I want to say, God has given us victory over sin. God has given all of us victory over, over all sin. God has given us this victory. God has not just given us this victory, but... Or he hasn't given us an option. It's not a suggestion to be holy. But God said, be holy for I am holy. And uh, God says that it is God's will for us to be holy. You know, for if we're wondering, man, what is God's will for me? That's, that's a good place to start. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, it is God's will that all of us are holy. And, and God says, you know what, as a matter of fact, it says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So um, it's not a it's not an option. It's not a suggestion, but it's more of a command. God has called us to uh, persevere, right? It, it says in Revelations, those who persevere, they will be given a seat. Uh, they, their their names will be written in the book of life, and it's to those that that walk in holiness. And I want to say that God has called every single person to overcome sin. Every every single it doesn't matter who you are. It's not just for preachers. It's not just for uh, people that are um, high class or, I don't know, maybe somebody, um, you know, some people have certain levels of discipline and, or, you know, people have been trained well or, you know, it, it's, for, it's for everyone. It's for every single one of us. Uh, overcoming sin is for every person. God has called every single person to walk in. And um, let's, let's read first, or, I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 2 through 4. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain 
to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, what he, what Peter, what, what he's saying in, in the New Living, I like how it says it. It says that by his divine power, God has given everything we need for living a godly life. God has given us everything we need to live a godly and holy life. Everything we need, we have it. Everything that we'll ever need, we have. We have it in the Word of God. And it says um, that through these, it says, uh, look at verse, verse, number, um, verse number three. It says um, that through, through the knowledge of Him who called us to glory and virtue, by which we have been giving to us gr- exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So it says we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises. So we have great and precious promises. And because of these, God enables us, and it says to share in his divine nature uh, or be partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. So God says that through my promises, where are the promises? We have it in the Word of God, right? Through these promises, we have been given the, the ability to, to, be, to share in God's divine nature. If you think about that for a moment. God's divine nature. What is God's, divi- what is God's nature? Holy, right? God is completely holy. And it says that through these promises, we can also share in the, in the promises of God that we can also be holy like He is holy. So we can, we can be... We can, Uh, share his nature his nature is holy and we can be holy and we can escape the world's corruption what are these precious promises what are what are some of these promises i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna turn to you can turn there as well um this is first john um first john and i'm gonna read from three different chapters and i'm gonna read four verses just to give you a little glimpse of what are some of god's promises this is in first john three six it says whoever abides in him does not sin, does N-O-T not sin, whoever sins has, not, has neither seen him nor known him. 1 John 3, 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Let's th- think about that for, for that. For, uh, let's think about that verse for a little bit. He who is in you is greater than he who is against you. So that means that God, it says that his seed is in us. That means God, his, his Holy Spirit is in us and we are, um, we're, we're sharing in his divine nature. And, and it says that because he is in us, he is greater than the world. He is greater than the things of the world. And, and now we can overcome the world. And it says, in uh, chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is He who overcomes the world? But He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So it says, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you will overcome the world. 
It's, it's not like you might overcome the world or, or you, you might defeat sin or God's spirit might be stronger than, uh, than, than he might be stronger than he who is in the world. No, God is stronger and his spirit is greater and, and whoever is of God overcomes the world. And, and this, is, this isn't just a, this isn't just a, it's not an option. We see that this is the truth. This is the word of God. And I mean, I'm reading just from one page. I mean, I got, you know, three different chapters. I'm, and there's just a glimpse of what is in the Bible. There's, there's much more promises that God has for us. So if God has called us to this holy life, you know, I began to think, before I used to think, hold on, there's, there's got to be, so, something is not right because this is what the word of God says. It's either true or it's not true, right? It's either this is, this is the word of God and we have to believe it or something's not right. Because, um, you know, I would look at my life in the past. I would look at other people's life and you don't see that uh, you don't see the victory over sin. You, you don't see, you know, that, that, we can, that we're overcoming sin. You, you don't see. And, and, you know, I didn't see it in my life. I didn't see it in other people's life. And, and I began to wonder that something doesn't, add up here. There's something doesn't match. Either either my life is something's wrong with me or or something in the word of God is not is not true. I mean, we have a problem, right? If if we are not living a life of overcoming sin, then 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 what what, what does it mean about the word of God? Does that mean I'm not born of God? Does that mean his seed is not in me? Does that mean he doesn't live in me? You know, you you start to think about these things and, and I thought, wait a minute. There's something, something's got to be wrong. It's either, either I am going to overcome my sin or, or, the, or th- this isn't working for me. And so I began to think about this. And, and I believe, you know, after, after just time of studying the word and, and just, you know, um, after a time of God did something in my life, I could see that there is, it is possible for every single person to overcome sin. And it's not just possible. This is, it's a command of God. And, and God, God is... Um, he's, he's not just kind of waiting, um, he's, he's not, he, he, he doesn't, you know, he's not like, oh, if you don't overcome sin, that's fine, no, it, it's, it's, it's for every single person, no matter what family you're born into, what family you're born into, it doesn't matter how you were raised, doesn't matter uh, what your background is, doesn't matter, um, you know, how you were, what you were taught, it doesn't matter uh, how you grew up, what matters is that you are saved, you're under the blood, and now you have God living in you. And, and, and I'll, this is what I want to talk about tonight. And, you know, one thing that I don't want to do is, is I don't want to give you like a, um, a false sense of, uh, of security or a false sense of understanding. Because, you know, there's, there's uh, uh, many preachers, they'll, they'll, they'll come up, they'll say something like, hey, you know, you, you got to have faith. If you have faith, you can have whatever you want. And, and, they'll, and they'll, uh, they'll, you know, make people think something that they don't have. You know, they'll, they'll tell them, man, you're going to be so great. And God is going to use you. You're, you're, you have the greatest, you're going to have the greatest life. And they pump people up, right? And, and, but it's not, it's not, there's nothing there. It's not, it's not real. And, and you know, people go, go back home, but, but they don't have anything, you know. And then they tell them, you're going to have this, you're going to have that. But you don't have anything. You know, I, I don't want you to think that, like, I, I want to build up your faith tonight, but I don't want you to think that you have something that you don't. Um, you know, it says in the Bible that we are, uh, it says, if, you're, uh, if your strength, or if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Uh, and that means that when we are as strong as our weakest point, right, 
We're as strong as our weakest point. But God wants, God has called every single one of us to overcome faith. But it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen, um, I mean, overcome sin. I'm sorry, I don't know what I said. Uh, it, it doesn't happen overnight, right? It doesn't happen, uh, it doesn't happen just, just easily. You know, it's, it's like a basketball team or like a football team. They don't wake up one day and just be like, hey, let's go win the Super Bowl. Let's go win, let's go win the championship, you know. Let's do this thing. Yeah, we, we got this. No, it takes it takes years of practice. It takes years of preparation, right? Blood, sweat, tears. It, it, it's, it's hard. It's, it, it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's, it's a daily commitment. It, there's something that goes into it. And you know what? There's this, this victory over sin. This is something that, that you, it's not, it's not like it comes super easily. It's something that you got to give your life for. It's going to be a war. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a, there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. There's going to be a, it's going to be a, a tough thing. It's going to be one of the hardest things that you, that you will go through. It's not easy. It's not simple. But gone through it, you will know that there is victory and that sin isn't even that big of a problem. Sin isn't even that big of a deal. Satan is under our feet. And that, that's what we have to realize. Satan is under our feet. But that doesn't come because you hey, Satan is under my feet, you know, you just say it, and you, oh, just proclaim it, and you'll have it, no, this is something that that you have to deal, this is something that you have to work out with with God, and I want to talk about that process tonight, Um, I want to talk about that process, and, um, you know, have you ever said, God, I will never do that again, and anybody's ever said that, like, God, I am never going to, okay, God, I know I sinned, but I am never, never going to do that again, that, I, that was a mistake, God, man, I'm going to try harder next time, Let, let's open up to Colossians, chapter 2, book of Colossians, Colossians is right after uh, Philippians, you know how, how I remember, and this is kind of off topic, but you know how I remember uh, where Colossians is, and Philippians, and it goes, giants eat, eat their peas and carrots. So it's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Giants eat peas and carrots. So that's, if you want to remember where the, what order they're in, it's, that's how you do it. Uh, something, something that helped me. Um, all right, so Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I remember I, I would do that a lot. I'd be like, God... I'm so sorry. I'm never going to do that again, God. I'm going to try. You know, I didn't try hard enough. God, I'm going to try harder next time. I'm going to try really hard, God. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sin. I'm sorry that I said that. I'm sorry that I went there. I'm sorry that I thought about this. I'm never going to do it again. God, forgive me. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, a lot of times when I said that, I would do it again. And I'd, and I'd, feel, I'd feel horrible. You know, I'd be like, man, I messed up. And, 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 and you, you would think, man, what's, what's going on? What's wrong with me? Am I a bad person? And, you know, I, I, I came to realize that, that that is not right, that God, um, and you, you, you got to get me straight. Don't, don't think I'm, you know, telling you don't try. But there's, there's something that, that, that is very wrong. Um, maybe I shouldn't say wrong, but it's not biblical. It's not biblical when we try to defeat sin by our flesh. And this is, how I used to, this is how I used to try to fight sin. I try to do it in the flesh. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, be, be more disciplined. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to try harder. You know, let's, let's read Colossians 2, 20 to 23. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. 
these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. They are of no value. They are of no value. You know, we, and I heard this a lot, and, and I, I heard this from a lot of people, and, and, and I used to say this, and maybe some of you guys still say this, man, God, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try harder so that I don't sin anymore. I'm going to try harder so that, I, so that I don't fall into temptation. I'm going to try harder next time. I'm, I'm going to do better, God, I, I promise. And, and, you know, that is, it, it is unbiblical because, that, because who makes us holy? Is it, is it we who make ourselves holy? No, it says God, God makes us holy, right? It says that God put his spirit into our heart, or he, he put his spirit in us. He put, he put his laws in our mind, in our hearts. It's in us. It's not something that we have to try to do. It's already in us, or God wants them to be in us. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, that's what they do. They, they, they say, I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to try really hard not to sin. And it sounds good. It sounds right. It says, it says that it has uh, these things, verse 23, the, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. It has an appearance of godliness. It has an appearance of holiness. It has an appearance of, of, of this, is, this is right. This is, this is good. This is a good way to do it. You know, there's a story about a, about a guy who was, um, he was doing drugs, right? And, and he, uh, he could not get off of drugs. He could not stop doing drugs. He wanted to stop. He couldn't stop. And... Uh, one day, he, he just had enough of it. He decided to chain himself up. You guys know those old school um, kind of heaters, kind of like this, but they kind of stick out of the wall, and, and they got those like kind of tubes. And, and he decided to, to handcuff himself to one of these big heaters. And, and, he, and he handcuffed himself. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go through withdrawals. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to fight this thing. But after a couple of days, I'm, I'm going to be free from drugs. You know what happened? The same day, he ripped the heater out of the wall and went and bought drugs with the heater in his hands. The same day. You know, it didn't work, right? And, you know, pe- people in the world, they try, to, uh, they, try to stop, they try to stop sinning by uh, worldly ways, right? And, and I hear this at work. You know, some guy's like, man, I, I want to stop drinking, you know. I can't stop drinking. I tried. I tried it. I just realized I, I, I shouldn't try anymore. You know, and, and some, somebody else is, you know, I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit smoking. And you got the, they got the nicotine patch. And then after that, they switch to the gum. And, but then they end up smoking again. And, and, and you, you wonder, you know, of, of course it's not working. Because it says in the Bible that why would you? It says you died with Christ. You started off in the spirit, right? You started off with God in the spirit. Why would you switch back to a worldly method to defeat something that's not, world, that's not worldly, but it's spiritual. Why would you go back to, 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 to your flesh? And, and Paul said that to, to the Galatians. He said, oh, you foolish Galatians, who tricked you? Who told you? He said, you started in the spirit. Why starting something in the spirit would you try to finish it in the flesh? You started something right. You started it following after God in the spirit, but now you're trying to finish it in the flesh. And it says in the Bible, you can't please God in the flesh. You can't please God. In the, in the flesh. And you know, people say, man, I'm going to try harder next time. I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to pray more. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pray more. You know, I'm going to, I got to read the Bible more. You know, I got to change. I, I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm not against trying. But what I'm saying is that we, uh, we try to do it by, the, by our own flesh, by our own ability, by our own 
um, desire. We, we, try, we try to fight sin. We try to overcome sin by our flesh, you know. And, and I'm all for, you know, say is you, you have a problem of, you know, social, social media, you know, Facebook, right? You, you go too much on Facebook and, and taking a fast, you know, from Facebook for, for a week or a month. I'm all for that. You know, I did that before. It helps out. But when we uh, try to do things by the flesh and say, you know what, for the next 72 hours, I will not turn on the TV. I will not go on the Internet. And, and, that, and, and I'm going to please God by that. God's not pleased by that. He's pleased by faith. And when we, when we tell ourselves that I am going uh, to try to do it on my, by myself, it's not, it's not biblical. I'm going, to show you, I'm going to show you later. But what happens is it's temporary victory, temporary results. It's, it's a Band-Aid. It's, it's just, it kind of fixes it for the moment. But in reality, when we say that we don't, when we say that, um, when we say I'm going to try to fix myself, what we're really saying is I don't want to change. That's what we're really saying. When we say that I'm going to try harder, I'm going to do better, what we're really saying is, I don't want to change. And I'm, I'm going to show you in the Bible because, you know, our flesh is so, um, it's so, it's so wicked. Our flesh is so bad. It's, it, it's, it's, it's horrible. You know, when we read uh, Job in Job 15, um, one of Job's friends, he was saying, he said that, how can a man be pure who is born of women? Uh, how can a man be pure? It says that he's full of sin. Even the heavens are not holy enough for God. How can man be pure? And, you know, uh, I know on Monday or uh, last Monday, uh, you, you guys, uh, I don't know who was here when Carl Gustav was here. Anybody was here for Carl Gustav? All right, mo- a lot of you, okay. Um, you know, Carl, he's, he, 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 that was a great sermon. Um, but I'm going to say this, that he said one thing. I'm, I'm not sure if he was joking or not. I'm not sure if he was telling the, if he was, you know, speaking the truth or he kind of said it as a joke. But he said that he doesn't read Job. Um, he said he reads the first chapter and the last chapter. And, you know, I, I, I disagree with that. He said, well, they're not telling the truth. Um, you know, Job's friends, they're not saying the right thing. So I don't read it. I got, I got other things to read. And like I said, I'm not sure if he was lying or not. But one thing that we have to understand is, is that, uh, you know, when we read the Word of God, we have to understand that all of it is the Word of God. And we can't just tear out, you know, certain scriptures and say, you know, oh, well, I don't want to read that. I don't feel like reading that today, and so I'm not going to read it, you know. So and we, we can't just pick and choose what we want to read. So just, just to clarify, kind of, I wanted to clarify and make it clear that, you know, we're reading Job right now. We, it is the Word of God. It's not, like, it's not like a couple of guys just added something into the Bible and, oh, it's not, it's not true. No, it is, it is the Word of God. And, you know, honestly, before, I didn't really, I wasn't sure how to read Job, so um, you know, I, I was always asking the question, so do, do I accept it? Do I take what they're reading? Or do I take what they're saying because it's not right? Uh, but it, it, what they say is true. What, what they say is true. The problem is they, they, they assume that Job was a sinner, right? They assume that Job was doing something wrong. Can you imagine having three friends that just come in and say, hey, you know, you're, you've got sin in your life. What is the sin? You know, t- tell me, you, you're, you're a sinner, so you, obviously God is punishing you for this, for this thing that you're doing. Um, and I don't know where he found three friends like that. But, uh, you know, 
it's still true. It, what they're saying is still true. Yes, God does punish sinners. Their problem was they, they thought that, God, that Job was a sinner. And Job's problem, he thought that God was punishing him for, you know, that he thought that God was doing something wrong because he was righteous. And he, he might have been the most righteous man on earth, but he didn't understand God's plan in this. And, and so kind of both sides were wrong, but it's still true. It's just kind of in the wrong situation. So still the word of God. Um, but going back to what I was saying, uh, he, he said that we are flesh. We're born of women. How can we be pure? And it's true. We have a flesh. Uh, our flesh, you know, it's all the same. It, it's, it's, it's wicked. It, it doesn't please God. And when we try to please God by our flesh, what we're really saying is, God, I don't want to change. What we're really saying is, God, I don't want to change my lifestyle. God, I don't want to change the way that I'm living, what I'm doing. I don't want to change it. Um, and you say, how does that make sense? I, I, the person saying he wants to change, what do you mean he doesn't want to change? I'm going to show you. This is, let's go to Romans chapter 6. Book of Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And, you know, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about pleasing God by, by, uh, by doing fleshly things. You, you can't do it. And it says that, all, that nothing, flesh cannot please God. And here, you know, in the Bible, in Romans 6, uh, 7, 8, actually throughout the whole New Testament, we see this one theme of dying to yourself, of taking up your cross daily, of walking, walking after God and losing your life, right? Jesus said that if you love your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for the sake of the gospel, you will save it. And, you know, when we... When we say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this on my own, what we're really saying is, I don't want to die to my flesh. All right? What we're really saying is, I don't want to change my life. I just want to get rid of this sin. What we're, what we're really saying is, God, I love my lifestyle too much. I love my lifestyle. I, I like what I'm doing. I know that this is a sin, and I can feel that you are telling me to stop. I can feel that you are telling me that this is wrong, but what we're really saying is, I, just, I don't want to change my life. I just want to get this sin out of my life, but keep everything else the same. And that's, that's, what's, that's, what's, really, that's what's really inside of us, is we really don't want to change when we, when we do that. We really just want to get rid of this sin. We really just, we just want to get rid of this, this thing that we don't feel right with. We feel like, man, something's not right, but at the same time, we don't want to live we don't want to give it all up for God. We don't want to die to our sin. So we just kind of go in between and say, God, I'm going to try hard. And we say, oh, I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard. But in reality, we're just putting a Band-Aid on it, and we're not really fixing the sin issue. And many people, they fool themselves. They say, I am, I'm really trying hard. But in reality, they're not getting anywhere because all they're doing it is in the flesh. All they're doing it is with their own efforts. And, you, and you, you, know, you see somebody, oh, man, this brother, he's trying really hard. He's, he says, man, I'm, he says he wants to pray more. And it sounds good. It sounds right. But it doesn't deal with the evil desires of the heart. It doesn't deal with, with the deeper issue of sin. It doesn't deal with it. And only when we, um, when we die to God. It says, it's, you know, it says in the Bible, when you are weak, 
then I am strong. God is looking for us to die. He doesn't want us to be strong in our flesh and try to overcome sin like that. He wants us to be able to surrender to Him. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I remember before I used to think, God, why, why, why am I struggling with sin? Why the struggle? You know, why am I struggling? Why? You, you, know, you know what I realized? God wants us to struggle against sin. You know that? God wants us to struggle. I, I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, look, look at Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. And he says in verse, uh, verse 12 and 13, Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good. So the sin, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. So what God, God can take our sin away at any time. If he doesn't, if, if he wanted to, he could just, he could, you know, flip a switch and you would have no struggle against sin. God allows all temptation, all, every, everything that comes into our life, it is first approved by God. God allows all the temptations that you face. He allows it. If, if the devil could not tempt us without God's approval, he can't do it. He, 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 he doesn't have that right. It's God that, and it says in the Bible that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. So God doesn't, God doesn't tempt you, but he allows, he tests you. And in that, that's how God tests you is he allows the temptation. He allows the devil to tempt you because he knows what you can handle. And through this, God, you know, you know why, why God wants us to go through the struggle of sin? Do you know why? Look, look at the end of verse 13. So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. God wants us to realize how bad sin is. God wants you to realize how wicked the sin is. He doesn't just want to take it away because he could do that at any moment. He can, he can help you at any moment. God can help you. What he wants to have happen is he wants you to understand how bad sin is. He wants you to see that. You know the story with the prodigal son? And, and the prodigal son, when did he return to the father? What caused him to come back to God? Was it, was it when he was enjoying himself? Was it when he was, you know, at, at the high, you know, at the parties with his friends and he was having a great time? Was, did, is that when he returned to God? No, he returned to God when? When he was in the pigs, with the pigs, right? Eating the pig food and, and looking at it, he's like, man, that looks good. And then he realized that at my father's house, I could be with, my, I could be with my father's house. I could be a servant in my father's house. It's better than to be here in the pigsty. And that's what God, that's what he wants to do. He wants us to understand how bad sin is. He wants all of us to understand what, uh, how horrible, how evil it is. That's what his, uh, that's what his uh, purpose is. To, that, that's why we struggle against sin. That's why every single person, every single one of us, we're all flesh, right? We're all sinners. You know, every, anybody has never sinned after you got saved. Who has never sinned? Nobody, right? We're a bunch, just a bunch of sinners, right? I'm preaching to a bunch of sinners tonight. So this word is for everyone. You know, we, we, we have all have this struggle. We all have this struggle against sin, all of us. Why? Because God wants us to understand. There's a process that God's doing in us. And he wants us to understand how sinful sin is. He wants us to understand how wicked it is. Can you imagine if the, if the prodigal son, if he, you know, comes back to God and he doesn't see how bad it is. He'd just come up to the father and father come up to him and he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm back. 
hey, uh, can you throw me a party? Uh, give me, put a ring on my finger, you know, kill all the best, uh, kill the, the biggest calf, you know, throw a party, uh, I'm back, you know. And, oh, by the way, I lost a bunch of money, restore it to me, you know, give, give it back to me. That's what he would say if he didn't understand what he did, if he didn't understand the wickedness that, that he did. That's what he would be like. He would be ungrateful. And God doesn't want to, to, to spoil us. He wants us to realize how wicked sin is. And so he allows these temptations. He allows these things so that we can understand that we need God. So that we can understand that we need Jesus. He wants us, God, this is his purpose. God wants us to understand that we need the cross. That we need him. That we cannot do it without him. You know, God wants to bring us to the cross. He wants, us, he wants to drive us to the cross. He doesn't want us to think that we're good enough to, to, to defeat sin, right? And this is why many people do not, do never defeat sin in their life. This is why many people, years and years go by, they never defeat the sin because they've been trying to do it in their flesh the whole time and they haven't allowed God to take over. They haven't allowed God to, to, to become strong for them. They haven't come to the cross because the cross is for salvation, but it's also for sanctification. It's, it's for salvation, but it's also to make us holy because the cross shows us that we are sinful, but God can, can make us holy. It's only at the cross. And this is what Jesus, God wants us to do. And look at, look at verse 24, Romans chapter 7. Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will deliver me? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he understood. He said, thank God. Or in the New Living it says that there is an answer. It's Jesus Christ. There is an answer. It is Jesus. That is the only way to, that we can be delivered from our sin. And this, the only way to overcome sin is allow God to do it for you. Is allow God to, to bring the change into your life. That is the only way to do it. You can't do it by your flesh. You can't do it by your own, by your own struggling, by your own self-discipline, by your own, um, I don't know, you, you know, uh, trying hard and harder and harder. You can't do it. The only way is through the cross. And God wants us to be dependent on the cross of Jesus. You know, this is what God wants to bring us to a place of surrender. God wants to bring us to a place of surrender at his cross. Listen, we don't like that. None of us, honestly, none none of us like that. You can't say that your flesh likes that. We don't like it. I don't like it. You know, nobody likes the fact that we have to surrender. Our flesh doesn't want to surrender. Our flesh wants to keep doing what it's doing. You know, we have certain hobbies, certain uh, things that we're doing, and, and we enjoy it, but we, and we don't want to give it up. Our flesh doesn't want to give it up. It doesn't like it. And you know what? I remember I, I, when I had that thought that God wants to surrender for me, it would scare me. It would scare me because I did not want to surrender to God. I did not want complete surrender. I didn't want to. I wanted to hold on to my interests. I wanted to hold on to my hobbies and, and, and what I like to do. And I knew, and, and I, I didn't want to give up my whole life to God, even though I, I was saved, but I didn't want to completely surrender. You know, there, there's a complete surrender. There's a complete death uh, that God wants us to, to go through. And, and I didn't want to do it. And you know what? That's the issue is we don't want to completely surrender to God. Our flesh, our spirit, our spirit loves it. Yeah, our spirit says amen. But our flesh, 
our flesh says no. Our, our flesh doesn't want to change because we have hobbies. We have, we have certain things that we got used to doing, and oh, it's fun, and we don't want to give it up. And we're used to living like that, and we don't want to stop. And, and God says, give it all up. Come to the cross. And we say, God, I'm just going to try to change. I'm just going to try to be a better person. And that's how we stay away from the cross. We stay away from, from living a life of victory. We stay away from having uh, victory over sin. We stay away from it because we try to do it in our flesh. We try to do it on our own. <clears throat> and then look at verse, or chapter 8, verse 5 through 8. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is en- enmity or an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, you are in the Spirit. And God says that you have you you're you're trying to please god in the flesh you can't you can't do it but when you live when you it says in verse 13 for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live you will live so it says you will have life when you put to when you put to death the deeds of the body by the spirit you will live and the issue is we don't really trust god enough to surrender to him everything. We don't trust God enough. That's the issue. We can, it says in the Bible, how do you please God? How do you please God? In the, what, what does the Bible say? What is the only way to please God? Are your faith, right? It says in Hebrews chapter 6, or sorry, chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The issue becomes we don't believe that God is who he says he is. That becomes the issue. That becomes the root. Why we do not overcome our sin is because we do not trust God enough. The issue is not, not because we want to, um, not, not because we don't try hard enough, not because we're not disciplined enough, not because we don't have enough um, understanding, but it's because we don't really trust that God is who he says he is and we don't believe that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I remember that thought would scare me, that, that, that I would give up everything for God, that, that I would be totally certain. It would scare me. And, and I would think, God, what am I going to do? Am I going to sit around home all day, you know, uh, playing worship music and, and never have any more fun? And, and, and I would have that thought, and, and it's, it would, it, I, I couldn't do it. It would be something that I would say, God, I know what you want me to do, but I can't do it. I can't do it, God. I, I, I just did not have enough faith. I did not have enough faith. You know, it's funny. We listen about faith, and, we, and we, we hear how pastors, preachers, they talk about you need to have more faith, right? You need to have more faith for, for a better car. You need to have more faith for more money, a better job, a better career, um, you, know, more, you know, more success. You need to have more faith for that. And that's such a one-sided, uh, selfish kind of faith. But what about the faith that says that you got to have enough faith to die, you got, you got to have enough faith to die to your, to your flesh. You got to have enough faith to die to your sins. You got to have enough faith to surrender to God fully. What about that kind of faith, right? We, we don't ever hear about that kind of faith, but that's the kind of faith that's, that's real. That's the kind of faith that's going to give us power. That's the kind of faith that's going to allow us to die to ourselves and be raised up in power. That's the kind of faith that's going to allow us to, to do 
to, to, to be, um, like it says later in Romans, it says in verse 37, in Romans 8, 37, it says, yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It says we're more than conquerors. Well, the problem is people just take this verse and they say, oh, I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, I, I got this thing, you know, I got this thing. No, you don't got it until you read Romans chapter 6 about dying to yourself. Romans chapter 7 about, about seeing the law and, and seeing, seeing the, the, the exceeding sinfulness of sin. And then, then you can be a victor, right? Then you can have victory in your life. You know, I don't know, I have a problem when people just kind of take out a verse and just focus on that verse and say, you know, you're more than a conqueror. Guys, you're more than a conqueror. No, you're, you're not nothing until you die to your, to your flesh. You know, it says, it says in uh, Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's a great verse, right? People, are, oh, they quote that all day long, right? I can do all things through Christ. I got, I, I got this. I can do all things. But do we even know what Paul is talking about in Philippians uh, 4.13? He's talking about that he's in jail at that moment. He's in prison. Actually, he's a really smelly prison, and, and he doesn't have, it, there's a sewage right, right by it, and it's, a, it's literally a smell that could kill you. And he, he has no money at this moment, and he says, I can live with a lot of money, I can live with no money. I learned how to do, I learned how to be content with what I have. I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength. You know, we, we don't ever think about that. We just think about, oh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Wow, what an awesome verse. But we have to realize that we, we don't have victory until we go through the death process, right? We don't, have, we don't overcome our sin until we go through a process. There's no Romans chapter 8 before Romans chapter 6 and 7, right? You don't get to be a conqueror. You don't get to uh, live by the Spirit until you go through that process, until you go through it. And, you know, in, in the Bible... Um, in uh, in Ex- when when uh, Israel when they're going through the wilderness and uh, and they didn't make it into the promised land except for two people and why is that they didn't make it you know it says in Psalm seventy eight verse twenty two you don't have to turn there I'm just going to read one sentence it says because they did not believe in God and did not trust in His salvation so the reason that Israel couldn't make it into the promised land was because they did not believe in God and they didn't trust in Him for salvation. They didn't believe that God was going to take them to the promised land. You know, you saw that right away, right? They were crossing the Red Sea, complaining. You know, right before they, they, get, they get to the Red Sea, oh, Moses, we're going to die. They, they get, you know, there's no, there's no water to drink. They, they complain. There's no food to eat. They complain. They, they, compl- they couldn't trust God. And God says, because you can't trust me, God allowed them. God gave them many opportunities, many chances to trust him, but they didn't do it. And because they didn't trust him, because they didn't believe in him, they didn't make it to the promised land. They didn't finish the race. They didn't get what God had for them because they didn't believe that God is who he says he is. Right? Uh, chapter uh, Hebrews eleven six. We have to believe that God is who he says he is. Who is God? He's everything that we need. He is more than enough. He, he gives us everything that we don't need anything except for what he's given us. Can we trust God in that kind of way? Can we really uh, give up ourselves and, and, and trust God? Do we really want to overcome our sin? Or do we want to continue in the flesh, trying to do something, trying to please God, but never really getting any results? And we wonder, how come we don't see victory in our life? How come I, I don't see the victory that, that I'm called to see? How come I don't see the victory that other people have? How come, how come am I different? Am, am, am I, can, I just, can I just not do it? No, you can you're called to overcome your you're called to overcome sin you're called to do it but it's going to come through a process of 
believing in God and dying to your flesh. That's why Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. And, you know, this whole time I, I, haven't, been, I haven't been talking about, um, you know, movies or, or music or, um, I don't know, Facebook or social, social media or, or, or anything like that. You know, I, I, didn't, I don't want to preach about, um, you know, trying to, 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 to stay away from something, to not sin. Just because you're not, you don't watch TV doesn't mean that you're holy. Just because you're not, you're not uh, you know, you don't have a Facebook doesn't mean that everything's good. But I want to say that if you do have, if you do want to overcome your sin and you allow yourself to be dragged in by the things of the world, don't, don't fool yourself. Don't, don't think that you're, that you're going to overcome sin and stay in, in, in the things that the world is doing. Let's open up the last, um, last scripture that we're going to read today. Um, it's Ephesians Chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Ephesians verse, or chapter 4, verse 17. And he says, With the Lord's authority I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20, But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Let's go to verse 30. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live, Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Go to chapter 5, verse 1. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be a thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an, is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Verse, we're going to keep reading. Verse 6. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on, on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in, these, in, in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this life within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. And God, he clearly says in his word, you know, there, there are many things that we can say are gray. Great issues in the church. Great issues, kind of like, you know, is this bad? Is this, is this wrong? Can I do this? Can I not? There's, there are a lot of great issues that I believe that the Holy Spirit will tell you what is 
right and what is not. You, that's why the Holy Spirit will show you. You know, God will, will show you that this is sinful for you. You know, before for me, um, it was not sinful to watch, uh, you know, a football game, Seahawks, on a Sunday. It, it, I didn't have any problem with it. There's no, I didn't have a problem with it. I, 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 could, I could watch Seahawks on Sunday. Right now, I can't do that. And, and it, not, it's not that, it's not that, um, that you know, I've, I've made myself, but God has shown me that, you know what, this is my day. Sunday, this is the Lord's day. You've got to dedicate it for me. And God has spoken to me and showed me that this is something he wants me to do. Is that in the Bible? No, it's, it's not in the Bible. It's not black and white. It's, it's kind of one of those gray issues that only the Holy Spirit can show you. But there are a lot of black and white issues that we, uh, that we allow, that we talk about, that we, you know, when, when, uh, when we talk about, you know, being holy, and I'm not, I don't want to say that we have to be legalistic. Like, you know, we have to obey some kind of rule of not going to the movies. Or, or you, you, but if you want to, if you want to follow God, you are going to stay far away from these things. You know, a lot of things that Christians today are okay with are completely against the word of God. And we just read, you know, it says that people who excuse these things, it says don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. And don't be fooled if, if you think that you are going to overcome sin in your life. Don't be fooled, to, uh, don't be fooled by, by, you know, by other people that, you know, that, that are okay with it. Don't be fooled. Because if you are really trying to overcome sin, if you are really, genuinely, you want, to take, you want to get rid of the sin, you hate the sin in your life, you want to get rid of it, it doesn't come out when you go to the movies and, and just watch whatever you want to watch. There's, there's many TV shows, many things that are completely against the Word of God. And God wants to expose that, and He wants to show you that if you really want to overcome the sin in your life, if you really want to have victory over sin, you have to, that is, that is our responsibility to stay far away from those things as possible. And we, that's why we preach against these things. We, that's why in our church, pastor, you'll hear him talk against these things. You'll hear him talk against um, sin, you know, uh, you know, watching movies and TV and, and, and different music, different, and why? Because there is, these things are sinful. And so tonight, what the message that I wanted, that I want to bring to you is, is not of, you know, stay away from, from TV, stay away from these things. The message that I want to bring to you is allow God to take over your life. Surrender to him. It is by his grace we are strong. And when, when God sees our hearts, when he sees that our hearts are pure, when he sees that we are genuinely, we, we don't want to sin, we don't want, you know, the Bible, the New Testament, the New Covenant is not for someone who wants to stay in sin. You know, if you want to remain in your sin, if you want to stay what you're, if you want to keep doing what you're doing, if you don't want to change, if, 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 you, if you say, I don't want to change my lifestyle, I want to keep doing what I'm doing, I want to keep doing what I'm, you know what, the, the, the new covenant is not for those people. The new covenant is not for you if you want to remain in sin. The new covenant is not for those who want to remain the same. But, it, the, the, but God's word is for those who want to change. God's word is for someone that wants to change. You have a desire to change. You, you want to get rid of the sin. And God sees a humble heart. God sees, he says he gives humi- uh, to those who are humble, God gives his grace. And when we are weak, then God's grace is sufficient for us. When we are weak, when, when, when we say, God, it's not by my strength. God, it's not by what I can do. God, I can't overcome this. God, I can't, I can't get rid of this. 
uh, and I, there's many, many times, you know, when, when I tried and I tried and I came to the end of the rope, I came to the end of the line and I said, God, I can't do it. I, I want to get rid of it. You see my heart. You see that I'm genuine. You see that I really want to get rid of it. I just can't seem to do it, God. I, I can't do it. And when I came to the end and, 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 I, and I saw the, the sinfulness of this sin and I saw that I can't get rid of it. And when I saw that I was weak, and, and I can't do it, that's when God's grace stepped in. And God says, okay, you can't do it, but I can. And here is the cross. And when we say, God, I can't do it, I surrender. I, I give myself up. That's when God steps in. And that's when his power comes. And that's why God's grace is so amazing. And that's why God's grace is so powerful. It's so awesome. Because even though we cannot overcome it, God says, I can because I paid a price. Jesus said, I can do it because I've overcome sin. I've overcome the world. I've, I've defeated it. And when we have that kind of an attitude, when we say, God, I can't do it, I can't get rid of it, but you can. God, I can't do it. I, I, I'm, I'm not strong enough. I'm, I, I'm not able to do it, God. You see my struggle. You see, and God sees when we are humble, when we are genuine, when we, when we, when we are truly before God and we say, God, I I." I can't do this, God. I, you know my, my struggle. You know my, my, uh, my heart. I want to change. I want to do what's pleasing, but I can't seem to get it right. That's what Paul said. He said, I, 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 want, to, I want to change. I don't want to do this sin, but there's another power within me. Is there something in me that's not allowing me to change? And, and he said, thank God that the answer is in Jesus Christ. And that's why God's mercy is so amazing. God's grace is so amazing. God's grace is amazing. Why? Because he gives us power to be holy. Because God gives us power to overcome sin. Because God gives you the power to walk in holiness. And you know, when I realized that, I realized, you know what? It's not that I I wasn't good enough to to not overcome my sin. It's that I could not surrender to God. I could not come to the cross. I couldn't lay myself down. But I realized as God, and that's what God wants. He wants to bring it to a place where we come to the cross. He, God's plan is to drive us to the cross to show us that it's Jesus's his righteousness is what's going to make us holy it's his righteousness that's going to take that's going to overcome the sin in your life and you know I don't know I I pray that that you will understand this that you will see uh the the plan that God has for you God wants every single one of you to be holy he really does that's his plan that is his his goal his vision but it's up to us it's not for the strongest person. It's not for the most able. It's not for those who've been, who, who have studied the most. It's for that person that can, that can say, God, I surrender. God, I, I surrender to you. God, I, I lay my life down. I pick up my cross and I die to myself. I die daily. Like Paul said, he said, I die daily. And, you know, God has called us. I, I believe there is an initial death process. You know, there, there, there is a... There's a daily dying to ourself, right? We, we, we don't just die one time and then that's it. No, we, we carry our cross. I'm sorry, but we carry our cross till the day we go to heaven, right? We're going to be carrying our cross until the day we meet Jesus Christ in heaven. That's what we're going to be carrying our cross the whole time. But I believe that there is an initial death process to your sin. There is an initial um, kind of the first where you really die and you surrender. And that's when God will give you victory over sin. That's when you will realize that sin isn't even a big, isn't even an issue. You will realize that you are more than a conqueror. You will realize that, that there is more to that, that, 
that sin isn't even that, that hard to, to overcome, that the devil's under your feet, that, that God has already defeated him. But it's a process first. It's a process that God wants to bring us through. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the blood that, that washes away our sin and makes us holy. And, you know, I hope that God was speaking to you tonight. I want us to stand up right now. And we're going to begin to pray.